Hey guys, welcome to episode four of Hollywood Hopefuls. I'm Jackson Denier. I am Divine Samchiku. And today we have a very special guest. We've got Jack Langlois with us. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Director of photography. Yes. Um, and cinematographer. There's, is there a difference between the two? I get asked that a lot. Um, I think the difference would be like a cinematographer is somebody who designs camera and lighting, and then a DP is just a role on a production. Okay. So just the title versus actual action or. Yeah, like the checks are written to the DP, but the cinematographer is like the person. Gotcha. Interesting. Um, I feel like no other position really has something like that that I can think of. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so really quick, what we did last week, um, just we talked a little bit. We've been talking a lot about the Oscars just because those are kind of the big movies from last year. Yeah. Um, obviously, so this year, director of photography that won was Roger Deakins for 1917. Right. Um, who... Uh, just to fill everyone in, he was mainly the, correct me if I'm wrong, mainly the cinematographer for Joel Neaton Cohen. Yeah, he works um, a lot with the Cohen brothers. brothers. That's like a pretty like, yeah. standard resume he for did, him. He did Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, um, Big Lebowski, Serious Man, True Grit. Um, but 1917 was Sam Mendes, um, who did Skyfall, Jarhead, Revolutionary Road. He did all those movies with him. So I guess he works with him a lot, too. Um, you were telling me something interesting about 1917. The shot where they were running, where not they, but the main guy was running um, outdoor at night and the bombs are flying overhead. The way that they did the lighting on that. Do you remember? Yeah, I can I can kind yeah. of delve into that. Um, well, it's funny because like Sam Mendes is probably one of my favorite directors. Yeah. And then like Deacons is, I think, like modernly like, what everybody's favorite. Yeah. But like this is like such an underwhelming movie to me. Did you think so? I feel like it's such like a blasphemous thing to say. Yeah. But right. um because everyone's like, oh, like if you like art, you have to like 1917. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I like 1917, but I feel like a little bit underwhelmed from both camps. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess the beauty of that scene is like, um, first of all, like that shirt that everybody sees is all CGI. Oh, it's no like way. the biggest power draw that Deacons has ever done on a set, which is pretty cool. That it's like cool. the most amount of like energy he's used in lighting for one scene. And it's like pretty much a bunch of small tungsten heads, all like on flicker boxes. Or, like, I guess they're tied to a big board and they're, like, coming from, like, multiple generators. And they're all pulsing at, like, these slightly different rates and slightly different, like, luminosities. And they create this, like, fire glow. And it's just, like, one of the craziest looking things that I think you see. And, like... Didn't he use, like... Didn't he use drones also, like, drone lights? Yeah, so I don't... I'm not, like, the book on this one. But I felt like when you see, like, the the lights moving overhead, it feels Mm -hmm. like they're moving on drones. It feels like drone lights. There's, like, there's another DP named tim sessler who um i can't remember the name of his uh his short i don't know if there's like a description i'll put in there but um (laughs) um, he he experimented a lot with drone lights and i had seen some stuff there that i think was evocative of 19 or i guess 1917 was evocative of the first time i had seen drone lights and i was like oh i think that's what they're doing it looks similar yeah so don't quote me but it's probably we're gonna quote you yeah well, it's really, even, <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> even in that small description right there like just i was that wasn't small yeah. <laughs> that was well, pretty 
I was just going to say, because no, later we were going to talk about actually yeah. just like all of you, you basically have your own language in the camera lighting department and you mm-hmm. just kind of exemplified that perfectly. Like just, uh, first of all, like, I don't even know, most people probably don't even know the difference between like tungsten and like, I, I mean, if you want to just even explain that one thing, like what that means. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like some of it's like, like. If you're interested enough, there's a book on it. Yeah. Uh, it's called The Set Lighting Technician's Handbook. Yeah, um, everyone go check that out. If you're it's... trying to take a nap right now, maybe <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a good one. Um, but essentially, like, tungsten's like a, it's like a element, it's like a filament that burns. Um, so, versus, like, other types of lighting, which would be, like, HMIs, which is, like, a like a crystalline solution. And essentially, like, that... Just like the like, way the light is produced, yeah, basically. That looks kind of <laughs> yeah. Essentially, like there's the whole system behind it. I would definitely yeah. say if you're interested, read up on it. But essentially, mm-hmm. like the ultimate thing that it comes down to is like tungsten looks yellow and orange, and HMIs look blue, and that's kind of what their uses are: is balancing um, the, what we call the color temperature, which is just like when you see a light, if it looks blue or orange to you. Yeah, I actually. This could be completely terrible, but I put together just a quick sentence of just like random, not random, I guess, just like terms and stuff that I remember. Okay, let's do it. Um, and I wanted to see, obviously, you'll know what it means. I want to see if you can just explain it and then just make up like a quick sentence and see if either of us would be able to like quote unquote translate it. Bet. But so the one I wrote down um, is. A put a quarter apple next to the stinger and throw a blue gel on the two K with a C forty seven. Oh gosh, you'll think it's me again. So I the quarter apple is just like a two inch plank of wood. Yeah, because um, an apple box is a full apple. I guess you would never say. Yeah, that, I think but. it's like I think it's like a foot by a foot and a half by nine inches. Like I yeah, don't know just exactly like a wooden box. Is. Um, so to put a quarter apple next to that stinger, which is, which is just an extension cord. Yeah. Just a fancy weird word for an extension cord. Um, and then a blue gel on the two K blue gel is, is a correction gel. Yeah. But it looks blue. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And then a two K is a 2000 watt lamp. So it's just basically the blue gel is just like a sheet of plastic that you put in front of the light and you put it on with a C 47, which is. A clothespin. It's just like, I still don't understand yeah. why it needs... Like, but a- also, like, if you said that sentence to somebody, it'd be like <laughs> speaking, like, Italian to somebody who lives in Singapore. Interesting. So foreign. Yeah. Like, yes, correct. very foreign. Yeah. All right, now, so can you... Incomprehensibly foreign. <laughs> for anyone? Or, like, are you saying that that sentence is, like, terribly put together? Or well, just the just language like, in, It's just like in jumbo. Itself. Like right, no, jumbo, it's just, yeah. Well, I remember because my only real experience in like the camera and lighting department is under you when we were at UT. Okay. Yes, in film school. Yes, and, yeah, at film school. And Doing um, it for the team. I remember you would, you would be like, go grab the lollipop. <laughs> and I'd be like heading to Crafty looking for lollipops with the food. But it's actually... It's a thing, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, like a... a, it's a <laughs> it's a grip head it's a yeah. junior grip head yeah attachment there you go just another another um, thing um all right yeah the names i feel like as like a side note are just kind of like a way to create a shorthand so like mm-hmm. on set i find like if you don't have radios like there's a lot of chatter and right. so it can get pretty yeah. loud yeah, absolutely so like a good way to be able to like 
discern between like what you're talking about and what you're just and hearing you're is like to. if you hear like specific words they're maybe like a little bit mm. easier to pick up or it's just mm-hmm. like it's like sometimes like the actual technical name for something is like way too long and you yeah. just call it what it looks like and so that way it can be in like an easy way for people to remember something especially if they're learning you're starting right. out yeah um but then eventually it just turns into like hey we need all these things but like how do you convince a producer to play pay like you know a hundred dollars for clothespins? Yeah, yeah, call them something. <laughs> right. So when they look at the, like the <laughs> like the sheet of expendables and they say like, oh yeah, a hundred bucks on C forty sevens, which is that's like way too many clothespins. Yeah, but they're just like yeah, that pins. sounds like legit. You know, right? They're so, like, of course, C forty sevens. Yes, a hundred dollars. Here you go. Yeah. So like the system of like naming begets itself, and it's a whole yep. thing. All right. So Let's, try and try and put together. I don't know if this is this a lot of pressure to just try and throw together a sentence. I think he has it. I think he has it. He's good. I think he can do it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like for example, you could be like, you know, with the camera on your shoulder, you'd be like, um, you could be like clicking the image, and you could be like, yeah, bump my ISO down two stops, uh, and then you want to drop the white balance to fifty six hundred, um, and I want you to take out the ND six, put on an ND three, and then throw in the half locon. And then, like, the camera will, like, fly off your shoulder, and then, like, the ACs will do that. And then at the same point in time, you'll tell the gaffer, like, okay, so I want you to back up that M18, and I want you to change that Opal for a Hampshire, and I want you to double break it with a 250. I want you to put a topper on it, um, but I want it to be a soft topper. So consider something, like, thicker, like a 216. Mm. And then I want of you course. to, to bump, right. the ambi- uh, yeah. bump the uh, ambient up a stop, uh, and then uh, and then pump that Lico into a card for some fill. Mm, period. Like, All right. Thanks, boss. And they'd just right, be like, right. done. And they'd walk away and they'd go, Correct. make that happen. Do you have any idea with that? <laughs> I understood all of that. And of course. I understood all of that. I'm not going to comment. But... Yeah, because yeah, it would be too easy. <laughs> I got the camera stuff for sure. But you definitely <laughs> lost me when we got to the grip stuff. Um, which, yeah, that, I mean, there's just endless. I feel like you could have a dictionary on set. Like, I mean, you've memorized it. But if I was there, I'd probably just need a dictionary just full of like, camera and lighting translations yeah yeah well it's like always translations like i've worked under so my day job is i work on set lighting that's mm-hmm. kind of like what i do as i try and shoot some other projects or work with uh director writer collaborators and kind yeah. of make stuff as we all kind of come up as hollywood hopefuls exactly um shameless plug always um but essentially you like sit with these more seasoned dps and you kind of just like hopefully get the chance to be next to them and ask them all these questions yeah and like the way that they can rattle off, you know, what they're trying to accomplish technically is mm-hmm. really incredible. Like as much as I'm just like making something up in a microphone. Yeah, yeah. They're like actually trying to like, accomplish something specific that they see in their head. Yeah, they're implementing all of these all of this essentially quote unquote jargon into yeah, like a really beautiful picture and like mm-hmm. you ask them like why did you do this specific technical thing and they answer you with like always this like huge philosophical question about like what the scene is and and, and effectively why the exposure needs to be in a place or why the right. the shape needs to be a certain place and you're like oh like i'm thinking on the scale of ants and they're thinking on the scale of mountains yeah and like that's such a humbling thing to experience is that like while you might be worrying about like oh why they choose the 25 millimeter lens instead of the 32 yeah, it's like, yeah. none of that stuff was necessarily an individual decision as much as like a collective the decision. whole thing just creating this one big vision yeah like I a guess. whole mood it's like built up of like small blocks it's accumulation you know? it's like yeah kind of cool mm-hmm. to figure that out or yeah. to at least like see people do it really well right I, yeah i bet um it is for sure um 
So we also mentioned a bunch of like different positions. Um, and I mean, film shoots in general, everything in entertainment, I mean, in most worlds is just like a major hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have, everyone has someone below them and everyone has someone above them, unless you're a PA and then you just have, you're at the bottom. Um, you have the other PAs. That's the true. New PAs. Yeah. The newest one. Um, and, um, so I've literally sat before in the credits and my mom would be like, what's that? What's that at the end of a movie? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to go through like you have, you have the DP, the director of photography, right? Who they don't are, do anything. Are, <laughs> arguably is the top of the camera lighting hierarchy. Yeah. They're, well, say? they're, they're technically the head of the camera department, yeah. but they do directly oversee some of the decisions that go into the grip and electric departments. But okay. I would like to like make a, a the note that like, yeah. The electric department, the grip department are like independent and they have their own department heads and they do okay. service a lot of things that are related to, but ancillary to like set lighting. Gotcha. Um, so right underneath the director of photography in the camera side, you would have probably the, I mean, I guess it depends on the shoot though. How many cameras you have. I would say on like, when you think about it, like the highest scale, like the Hollywood scale, you probably have the A camera operator. But I would actually say that the most important person to the DP on the camera team is probably the, the DIT, the uh, digital imaging technician. And their job is, they're also called the, uh, um, what what else do they call them? They They have like like another, another name. I can't think of it though. Um, But they basically just take, they take the footage that has been shot um and they put it on the hard drives they copy it um they keep information constantly moving so that the shoot doesn't get held up right yeah so essentially like in the digital world that they work again digital workflow essentially like you have somebody like you shoot images onto media cards Mm -hmm. yep and then you have somebody put them onto hard drives and they like that's the digital imaging technician so that dit they back everything up one two three times and then what they're doing at the highest levels is like they're they're bringing in the picture and the sound together and they're matching them and then they're going into programs like DaVinci and they're color timing them so that you're getting the specific look that you planned in pre-production. Yeah. So they're like working through all the pictures that you're shooting and they're they're coming back to you with like yeah, like not only is the footage backed up and safe, but like look when I time it you're getting like this specific result. Is this what the result you're going for? So like a really good DIT and like the live onset shooting process can yeah. be with you working on your exposure levels and kind of how everything's coming in and whether right. or not like, you know, the, yeah, you usually see them yeah. with a, um, like a rolling cart, a computer on it and a ton of wires and hard drives. Honestly, just a bunch of nerd shit. Like yeah. if you, you don't know what any of it is. It has like a complicated <laughs> name, but it like yep. it looks like it flies a spaceship and, and it that's does. that person. And it's mobile because they're always on the move. They always, always have to go find someone else. Yeah, it and has to get... pack, pack into the back of a Honda Element. Yeah. <laughs> always a Honda was, Element. It's actually really funny because that's 100% accurate, actually, which is wild. Um, and then so just in terms of lighting and electric, those are two separate things. Um, you have underneath the director of photography, you have the gaffer um, who is in charge of setting up the lighting. Yeah. So the gaffer is actually like their, their individual department head. So like, I find like they're actually more of like the right hand man of the DP rather okay. than like, 
under like i feel like a great gaffer dp combo is always a collaboration yeah while like the gaffer will look at like the dp as like the boss like it is very much like they are department heads um yeah yeah so i feel like that's like a, always like a very like that relationship is always defined very early like how it's gonna be like sometimes you see it as like it's completely separate like the gaffer does the lighting and the dp like comments on it or like suggest what they want and the gaffer just implements the way they want to you know like sometimes gotcha. you have like this very strong you know usually like seasoned gaffer and then like mm-hmm. sometimes you have like this like either younger dp or just a dp who's just like maybe not as like lighting focused mm-hmm. um, right and then also you have the other teams where it's like this dp is like this is exactly what i want to the unit to the stop like to like to like the measure of light right and that gaffer is supposed to implement that perfectly and so just like, make it look exactly yeah, how this person exactly has right. either mathematically or mentally planned it out so like it's always a relationship that is like molding itself every time yep and um but yeah like what they do is they just manage all the electrical needs and set and then also just do lighting design so like they're like, which is huge like it's much bigger than anyone would think lighting i mean i know that it's obvious that it's huge because you have to see everything but it's more it's way more than that and way more than i think anyone would really realize until you watch someone like yourself do that job just because you can alter and decide people's moods or what they focus on or just so much just by lighting it's actually pretty wild yeah like i think you nailed the 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 nail on the head is like it's uh lighting i feel like is ultimately it comes down to mood you know yeah. mood and tone and i think camera is all about like perspective so it's yep. all about like the like like not to be like uh kind of punny but like the lens through which you watch a story like the pers- the angle of which you see something happen can give you a certain proximity to that thing whether it's yeah. far away you feel distant something feels isolated whether you're close and something feels like really present and personal and poignant um you know the lighting in that scene can really create a gray zone of like how it feels to you like whether or not Mm -hmm. you're close but something feels washed and kind of flat you know it can have like a very like morose kind of like proximity to it so you're close but it still feels sorrowful and then like you can also see something like far away but it's high contrast and it has like this like this like affect to it that's like really you know stark you know and i think that it's kind of um really like the beauty in the conversation between the camera and the lighting team is like trying to, to explain perspective and communicate the mood you're trying to imbue from it. And I think that really good gaffers understand the emotional um, kind of constitution behind the lighting. Yep. Um, But also like have to brilliantly understand like what technical elements get you there. Like they have to know like within the unit, like, I'm going to use this specific style of lighting to get there. And it's going to be eight of these units. And I want them here at these heights doing these these exact things things on them, doing these things. And it's like, you have to know that in a feature film for like anywhere from like 90 to 200 pages. Yeah. For anywhere from like every single image, like 30 to like a hundred locations, you know, you like, it's like insane when you think about like the scale of like, you know, you can watch any movie on Netflix for like 
an hour to three hours and like mm -hmm. it's like literally like months of people's lives yeah it's crazy how much planning it is yeah depending on the person i mean it could be years it could be how i mean it could be a long long time and even you know when you say this things that you also don't think about is like if let's say we're f filming our conversation here there's three of us um every time that we reshoot the scene to focus on another character the lights get completely changed every single which is even in each page you have six different setups even in each scene you know it's just like that's something i don't think that you would think about but it has to be completely different every time to make sure that it's perfect because it always ha everything has to look perfect yeah or that's I, the the goal i guess at least well it has to look consistent i, yeah. would, I would say perfection in is, good cinematography is consistency actually okay um yeah I think like so that it doesn't cut and someone's like, whoa, why is it dark back there? Or where'd that glare come from or something like that? Yeah. Like, I think there's like this weird conception. Like, so what we live in is like the weirdest time for, I think, cinematography, because like a lot of people are like consciously aware of it being a thing, mm -hmm. which I don't yeah. think was really like a like people always knew that like there was somebody shooting the movie. But like That's for so some true, reason, like, like for like a hundred years, like nobody really gave a shit. Yeah, I and know. Was, <laughs> you hear now people that don't even know anything about it they'll be like that movie was shot so beautifully and yeah you're like what the hell yeah that's true i never really thought about that actually which it's like it's a kind of like a funny like it's nice to know that people are looking at films and yep. acknowledging it as like image craft but at the same point in time it's like walking into a house and being like wow there's a like great natural light in here like you don't yeah, know yeah. shit about <laughs> architecture yeah like, just because you can tell that like there's a lot of windows no like, it's true and so it's like kind of funny to hear it it's like I know a lot of directors will be upset when they hear like, oh, the film looked great. Cause it's like kind of like saying like, well, like everything else was shit, but right. you know, at yeah, least it yeah. looked good. That's true. Um, Do you feel like you, when you watch movies that you like notice the cinematography? I mean, I feel like it's kind of hard to say that really, because I think that a lot of individuals who say, who aren't really into film say that are looking more into two things, either one what they want to see in it and if it looks good to them personally yep. compared to actually the technical side of things like Jack is a very experienced filmmaker right? and so he knows what he wants to a T but I feel like the artists or not the artists but the people who are watching it the audience themselves um, they look at it into more of like the colors yeah yeah the it's people. more just like a personal it's thing. more of like, a personal oh that was very thing. pretty yeah yeah it's like whenever I hear anyone who isn't really into film like that say it looked great it's because it just looked good to them. Yeah, or super unique. People yeah. People like really like super unique. Like, like a lot of people, like a lot, I remember when Moonlight came out, a yeah. lot of people loved Moonlight because of the cinematography and the shots. Yeah, most definitely. Right? Yeah, and yeah. It, but it was good. It was also... I liked the cinematography of Moonlight. I liked it too. Yeah. It was fantastic. Um, that's like but, that peak indie, right? Like low budget, nice. Like, I mean, the colors, the contrast, the colors and the contrast between the colors that were shown and the people that were in it, yeah, um, is what really made it. Yeah, just yeah. having nothing but dark skin people in it compared yeah. to like low tones and mm -hmm. everything of that nature is what made it a good film in terms of looks. Story is different. Yeah. Mary Jenkins, you're a king. <laughs> um, you're a king. Um, yeah. But yeah, in terms of the colors and all that stuff, it was just the way that they were able to utilize the compliments between having someone who's black and having blue and purple being the yeah. main uh, colors. So like, that's an example of it. I just remember like that being a thing. No, it's true. But for me personally, I agree. I, I, I do agree with Jack in saying that um, we live in a time now where everyone's just so um, aware yep. and 
very, very paying attention to everything that's what's what's going on in terms of having to shot. I think that's like a very important thing to them. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. It's true. I like it. It's funny that you yeah. brought that up actually, like shooting different skin colors, because yeah. I was just thinking the other, I watched us again, mm-hmm. like two nights ago. And I, the way that Jordan Peele shoots the horror in that movie and yeah. like uses the, like their skin tones you have to. in the shot. It's you have to. crazy you have cool. To. And the way he shoots to. the family and the clone family yeah. differently and lights them differently. I mean, you can see that in the trailer for Candyman. Like it's, yeah. it's it's very much a massive theme of his, and it, I mean it should be because these are you know that's the thematics of it all. It's like these are people who are play a big role in these films, and all it takes, whether it's sound or looks, is just how it's presented properly. Yeah. Um. And I'm a big fan. We talked about this, I think, last week or a week or two or a couple weeks before. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of the score, the composition of it. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. after that is the way it looks. Yeah. A sound or the soundtrack or the score, original score of a film is what makes or breaks it sometimes. Makes it big. Yeah. Uh, it makes a bit. I mean, we saw huge, it was a parasite. Yeah. It's what really makes it. Yeah. Uh, uh, you and know, Joker. Makes it the one that we and really Joker. Yeah. About. I mean, that's what she won. Do you. Yeah. Um. Sorry for no, talking no, over. No, good. I, like, I was like, I was like, no, is Divine true. actually just in this podcast? Just, like, sit there. Um. But um. So I'm glad you got a word in. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was really into what you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, um, okay, yes. When you just wondering about that, like, do you have to pay attention to who got cast or something like that? I guess when you're deciding on how to light um a movie or a shot or a scene or anything like that, like, do you take what do you have to take into account, I guess? Yeah, so I think um, every department head, regardless of like which specific department, mm-hmm. yep. part of what you do is just be aware of everybody else's needs and mm-hmm. what they're trying to execute and so like yeah ideally all, right ideally yes. like on like the best <laughs> but like on the best shit like like parasite or joker like that's yeah. what's happening of course yeah yeah um I mean, I don't know. I, I, I would imagine right. they, they did a really good job with both those things. So mm-hmm. people had to be communicating. I think. You'd hope. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. But you, you definitely are coming back to the script. Like I think, um, kind of one of, one of the guys who kind of taught me a lot about like breaking down a script when I was starting out was like, mm-hmm. I was like, how many times do you read a script when you do a feature? He's like, oh, I read, I read it seven times. And I was like, seven times? Like, you read it seven <laughs> and times? And they could be anywhere from, like, 90 to, to, like, 200-something pages. Yeah, these yeah. are, like, 140-page <laughs> scripts. And yeah. I'm like, you read it seven, seven times? times? Yeah. It's crazy to me. You know, like, I've read shorts that I've shot seven times, but yeah. they're, like, anywhere from, like, seven to 25 pages. Right, it's like, exactly. I could read that, you know, 14 times, right. twice as many times. <laughs> but, like, to read a, a feature seven times, I was like, that's insane. But it's... It, he broke it down like why and he's like you read it once for a story you set it down you think about it you decide if you want to do the job yep you pick it up again you know you decide to do the job you like the script you read it again you read it again for a story like you read it twice and you pick up on all the subtext that you missed the first time and the same way you watch a movie you watch right. it one time for comprehension you yep. watch it another time for subtext and then once you've gotten those two things out of the way hopefully in two reads like you figured out kind of like what's happening and you're able to see like the narrative arc the writer works so hard to figure out mm-hmm. you know at least a large part of it yeah and mm-hmm. then by like re- readings like 
three through seven, you're starting to piece together like specific scenes, times a day, kind of like. Yeah. It just helps with, I'm assuming yeah. it helps with visualization a lot. Like the more you read it, the more you're, you you, the it. less you get caught up in the wording and the more you just get pulled into the, right. the vision of it. Yeah, I think the thing that people, I think that when you're making film, you have to really find the way to break it down from something that's like, this like lifelike storytelling into mm-hmm. literally just technical things that are happening. Yeah. And if you can find if you, however many times you have to read something to get to that place, like some people are really good at like watching a movie and they just like are watching actors deliver lines and hitting marks mm-hmm. and, you know, lights hit actors certain ways. Like they just, they watch it as technicians and they just like yeah. beautifully see the craft as it happens in front of them. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen script supervisors just watch a movie and just, like nonchalantly just be like this coverage is like you know frustrating me and it's like yeah what like yeah yeah you're noticing the coverage and like the scene you've never seen this movie before and the coverage is the first thing that sticks out to you you yeah like sometimes like as much as i'm like oh this shot to this shot to this shot if the story is good enough i've never seen the movie like i'm in the story as well like i'm like any other viewer um a few watches in like that movie is just craft at that point so like you got to get to that point so i feel to make a good movie. And I feel like that, like when you're reading the script, like it, you got to figure out how to break it down that way. And I feel like when you get to that point, everything just becomes like a fluid conversation of mm. achieving specific, like marks and beats. And it's like, it becomes like theater at that point, just yep. like stage rehearsals and stuff. Yeah. Do you think that like your knowledge and um, experience with camera and lighting, do you think that's like enriched or maybe like ruined a little bit your ability to enjoy just any movie? Cause like, I don't know, I, there's certain movies that other people really enjoy, but then I just can't get past like one little thing or like the way that certain lines are delivered and it just ruins the series of the movie for me. Um, so I don't know if it's the same for you or if it would be different. Um, I think that's like a bigger philosophical question. I was about you to know? say, that's, like, that's very, pretty large. Like that's very like, subjective for him. Um, for anybody yeah it's it's super subjective but that's why because like i know that you i I don't know this but when you watch movie do you focus largely on the lighting are you able to just like look past it well i think and enjoy the movie for what it is i guess yeah i like first and foremost like i do this because i love movies right of course and i like making them um but like i think you know bad technique can I think when so when you see bad technique, yeah. Even as like somebody who's just like a lay person watching a movie, it's gonna affect you. Yeah, you may not know why, but it's going to. Right, like it's gonna, it's gonna improperly or ineffectively com- try communicate something that it's trying to imbue in you, whether mm-hmm. it's like a specific emotion or a specific mm-hmm. point of view or mm-hmm. a subtext. You're just gonna miss it because it's not done well. Right. Um. So that's like something that is like first and foremost really important. When you watch a movie and it like fails to accomplish the things that it's supposed to accomplish, then like that's just I think that's just like like effectively it's just bad. Like it's just right. not achieving right. what it's yeah, supposed yeah. to and it's a, it's failing. It's not like, you know, this filmmaker is a failure. It's just failing at achieving what it's supposed to. Yeah. So I think that's like a really cut and dry way of looking at it. Okay. And then after that note, it just style. It's just like do you like the way they did this? Right. Like do you consider this good? And then just it's all like, you know, point of view. And it's like a weird thing. Like, I feel like, um, there's a DP named Ed Moore. He has a, he has a podcast that's I think not continued, but I was listening to some old episodes and he mm-hmm. was talking about how like 
Um, we just live like as a lot of DPs just live in this echo chamber where they're just like, yeah, you know, like, you know, we all say the same things. We all like the same lenses, like the same quality of lights. We all like the same images, you know, and it just comes to the point where it's like, you know, there's just like a modern style and that's kind of what's popular. Yeah. And I think that's like, it's popularized by like a lot of filmmakers in particular. I think Lubeski and Deacons are probably at the forefront of that right now. Yeah. It's like, there's a reason why like soft natural lighting and wonders are really popular. And it's because yeah. like the two dudes <laughs> who've been winning Oscars a lot are, are d- doing, you know, that. doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. You know, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the things are bad. It uh, The really important thing to realize when you watch a movie is like, are you engrossed in what's happening in these characters' lives or do you not give a shit? And if you right. don't give a shit because like you're like, oh, I'm a dude who likes war movies and this is a romance, that's like a yeah. different thing than it being like, can you comprehend what's happening in the romance? Yeah. And if you can comprehend it, I think it's like pretty well executed. I gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. Um so what um what was like one of your favorite shoots or something cool that you've worked on that like recently or just in uh, general? Just in general, I guess. Um, as a cinematographer, I did a music video a few years back with a director friend of mine named Jorge Ramos. Yes. Um, it's for a band called Hers, who unfortunately uh, is not with us anymore. Oh, man. They died on their U.S. tour oh, in geez. a car crash, tragically. But uh, they made beautiful music. Nice. Um, the music video is for a song called Under Wraps. Okay. And... Uh, it's like one of those weird songs where it's like a it's like a five minute song and Jorge is like, hey, they want to do a music video for this this band, you know? What I mean? Yeah, it's a five minute song. Yeah, yeah. How are we gonna do a music video? And he outlines this like beautiful, you know, treatment like this like crazy story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like this weird, you know, timeless like unrequited love at a roller rink. Yeah, and it like if you know Jorge, like, and you've seen his work, you're like, oh yes, it's it makes just right yeah, up yeah. his alley, you know. But you, um, the way he he wanted to approach the project and kind of like what we're able to bring to the table technically and to achieve certain things, it was like, I think one of the most fun and adventurous projects I've ever nice. worked on. Um, so I think that's kind of one of my favorite things that I've ever got to be a part of as a cinematographer. Yeah. Um, on the other side of the coin. Um, I did this, uh, I think it would be considered a B picture. Yep. Um, but it was a, uh, it was outlawed Johnny black. It's a oh yeah film by the filmmaker, director, actor, writer, uh, Michael J. White, who is a, like a black belt in karate and like a bunch of other martial arts. And like, Incredible. he's been an actor for like 25 years. I think he's in batman no he's in the dark knight i think he's the dude who gets stabbed in the eye in the dark knight oh nice the Um, when he does the magic trick yeah the 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 magic trick with the pencil i'm not 100 percent sure yeah that's him but or if i'm remembering properly (laughs) but um he's also black dynamite for those who are black dynamite yeah um if you haven't you should so yeah yeah you it's a fun you and the ethos you should yeah um the the, uh (laughs) But it's like a crazy experience because like he's juggling action comedy, yep. which is something that I think everyone's like, oh, yes, like I enjoy this, but I would never say it's my favorite, which they're lying because mm. action comedy is brilliant. Yeah. Um, and so like seeing how <laughs> that executes favorite. itself, like from scene to scene, it's like, oh, this is a romance scene. 
Like first and foremost, it's a romance scene. And then you watch a later scene and you're like, this is a romance comedy scene. Yeah. And then you watch like a later, later scene. And it's like, this is a romance action comedy scene. And you're like, yeah, yeah. how do you balance like the three things that are supposed to be accomplished here with genres. like cinematography and lighting and all like the, you know, the, the double entendres and the innuendos and the subtext here. It's like kind of funny to see how like, you know, when you make a script like that with supposed to have like, you know, either one-off jokes or is it serious or is it have like mostly jokes? And it's kind of funny to see how those land together and yeah. the best way to accomplish them. So that was like a big, I was a, a lighting technician on that, but that was a really big learning experience. And also I was able to have a lot of proximity because it was a f- what like Hollywood would call like a very small movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, budget wise and just yeah, budget wise, crew size. Um, I think it was fairly large in like ambition. But I feel like yep. every small every film is large in ambition. It's right. just about the ability to achieve what you want to achieve. What your goals are. Yeah. yeah. What um so everyone one thing I want to start doing um each week is kinda of talking to people about like horror stories because so much stuff goes wrong on shoots. Mm. Um and just in this industry they you know, they say that what can go wrong will go wrong. Um and that is I have found to be extremely true in, in film. Um do you have any like entertaining or like uh, just stories that come to mind i guess like something that went terribly wrong during a shoot or just something that crazy that happened um well there's definitely been like a fair share of like sleepless nights and like like crazy hours worked yeah um i can't really like piece i don't know if i block them out or if they just don't seem so bad (laughs) after time right like yeah, it's not yeah, a big yeah. deal for you to remember and recall, or even just something fun. Like I'll tell, I can tell one that Divine was there for. We were doing auditions one time for um, my thesis in mm-hmm. at UT, um, and we had already cast one of our actors, and it was an interrogation scene. Mm-hmm. And the actor that we had cast this thesis, by the way, Jack ended up shooting. Um, oh, and um, I did. So we were we were in this audition. And um, we had our actor who was getting interrogated, sitting in a chair, and we were auditioning for the guy that was interrogating him. Um, And so we brought this one dude in, and he comes in very nicely, um, and he's like, all right, uh, just give me like a minute whenever you guys are ready to get into character, and then I'll I'll jump into the scene. We're like, great. And so I told him, I was like, all right, man, just whenever you're ready. He turned around, did some, hyped himself up a little, hit himself in the face, whatever, classic, you know, getting himself hyped. And then turned around and we told him that you can touch this other actor, but nothing like too crazy. He turns around, bum rushes the actor in the chair, knocks him over onto his back, just completely flips the table and starts screaming. Like screaming is an understatement, right? Like, I really don't remember. <laughs> you don't remember this? <laughs> I know. I and, remember the situation, but I don't yeah, remember yeah. That's when what I'm we the whole that. thing. Yeah, that's fair. No, that's what I'm saying. It's like I... I don't want to interrupt. Sorry, but no, once you're, you're done, I'll I'll talk more about and it. And so yeah. he starts screaming at this dude. Like it's again, screaming is an understatement. Like I've never heard anything like this. Mm-hmm. And just screams out all of his lines, and then just go like full on Hoxalugi and spits it on this other actor. And I was just like, "All right, we are we are done. We are all like just sitting there. The guy that we had already cast is just on the ground." with spit on him a lot from the screaming too, just covered in it. And Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, man, like that was great. Thanks a lot. And I just like asked him to leave basically. But that was like definitely one of the weirdest experiences I've had. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what the audience should know is that that person 
ended up playing the role. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, he didn't. And every time we see him now, he pretends like he doesn't know us, which is pretty funny. I don't talk to him. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so you guys also, are going to have to tell me who it is after this. Yeah, I don't will. know his name. Yeah. Like, even if I wanted to say it right now live, I don't know his name. I don't but know. his like, face is imbued oh, in your memory. Oh, yeah. Face. Forever. <laughs> and we text each other whenever we see him. Yeah, We're of like, course. I will never be like, guess that. who I saw. And I'm yeah, just like, 100%. I know. But, but whoever you are. You made this massive memory. What I will say, though, it says very interesting because although what he did was wild um <laughs> very out of pocket uh you know it's kind of hard because every actor is different yeah so it's i mean and i'm sure to this day too you're all snowflakes no seriously yeah. <laughs> you know as um cliche as it sounds as one of the snowflakes we we, we are we're, we're wild but also at the same time in his mind he thought he did the right thing hey and i will say more power to this dude he came in he went all out he put it all on the table and then he left he's like you know what i fucking went for it if that's not what they want that's not what they want but this is what i've got so i mean i have i have respect for that like he definitely went all in but it you know i mean you don't spin on dude's face but the question is the real question is if it was flipped and the person who got the role did that yeah still cast him in it uh, if he had done that after it already cast him, no. If he did that regardless, no, probably not. Really? Well, uh, so that means you didn't personally like it. No, I didn't. Mm. I definitely didn't. Which is why I'm saying like I, it wasn't for me. But right. like, if that's what you're bringing to this short, it's good that I knew that because that's mm. not what I wanted. You mm. know what I mean? Mm. I want someone that, especially because there's a lot of fighting in there, and we did a lot right. of fight choreography. I didn't want someone that was just going to go off the books start tackling yeah. and spitting on people no, I, I agree um because yeah. i get you know I, I was like do whatever you want you can touch him but like barely like yeah. and he went all in so i was he just did. like you if you don't listen to the that direction yeah. the direction yeah then right. i don't really want to direct you right but um so yeah do you did you think of, do you have anything um i don't know i feel i feel like it's kind of a like, I feel like it would just be a subpar story at this point. Because, like, I feel like what people need to understand is that, like, when things go wrong on set, people yeah. die. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think that that's, like, the bigger message here is, like, that's be, like, the Debbie Downer. Yeah. But, all. but like, <laughs> oh, you know, like, like yeah. when, like, um, Uma Thurman's talking about um, having to get in the car in, uh, which is the Kill Bill 2, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And, like, she didn't want to get in the car. And, like, she was kind of pressured to do it. And, like... So there's like some sketchy shit going on with transpos and in, in charge of the cars and like stunts who's like helping with the 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 driving and everything and like she ends up like i think breaking her leg or something crazy like that and it's like yep i've never been in a set scenario where something has gone so terribly wrong where somebody's been like horribly horribly so, injured and have to go yeah, to the yeah. hospital and i think like there have been periods in my life where uh, it's in athletics or in that's travel, not true you know, actually no. On Maranatha, we sent two people to the hospital. Yes. Okay. They so weren't on horribly my, horrible. On my school thesis, people went to the hospital, which I didn't know about until later. Yeah, we didn't want to tell you. And they were, I think, one guy, in the hospital on their own volition? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They both want... Well, actually, okay. So one guy went... We had a lot of hay on that shoot. One guy went because his allergies hay. were really bad. So he wanted to go because he thought he, was, he wasn't going to be able to end up breathing. Um and then another guy, we had a prop knife. We made him stay. He couldn't. We, he died. <laughs> yeah. He's, yep. That was it. Love that. Um, yeah, and Art, that's yeah. a wrap. No. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, and then uh, another one, we had a prop knife and a real knife. And I think that it was somehow mistaken and cut his hand with the with the real knife or something ridiculous. What I do you remember. mean mistaken? 
Well, first of all, you're not supposed to touch the prop knife or the right. real knife unless you're the prop master. And right. This guy was neither, and he just thought he was going to be funny. No. And it wasn't like, funny. No. Do you remember that? Yeah. Well, I remember <laughs> the story being told to me probably by you. Maybe. Or yeah. by Sullivan. Yeah, it was one of um, us for sure. Heart. Hey, Sullivan. Um, <laughs> How you doing? But effectively, what I remember is that um, some guy was holding a real knife and tried to see how sharp it was. Oh, that's even worse. And, and cutting <laughs> I, his hand. I'm sorry. That sounds like a very, like, that's your fault. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for you sure. Know? And so, uh, like, literally, like, it's, like, one of the most stressful days of my life. I'm, like, trying to yeah. direct a movie, which I've, like, never really done. And it's, like, it's, awful. it's, like, it's, it's hard, bro. I have a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of empathy towards people trying to do that now. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I was, I was, like, at the end of the day, I'm, like, man, like, that was a terrible day. Well, we also like, had Kellen, who touched the live wire. We did touch. We, a, we had we, a light break. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't nothing actually. Ended nobody up got hurt, but there was like a, a weird, like you know, fiasco. Yeah. Like there just always is a fiasco all the time. Right. Well, once one tiny thing happens, it spirals into this giant dramatic. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's like, oh my god, like we almost oh, had somebody yeah. like you know get shocked by electricity, which yeah. didn't happen. No, it did not happen. And then you know, I'm like, man, that was a close call. And then like Jackson comes to me, he's like, so yeah, it's being a close call. <laughs> Um, two people were in the hospital right now. One person like had hay fever, so they left because they thought they were going to die. And then the other person cut themselves with a <laughs> knife. And it's like, cool. Um, well, while you were freaking about one thing, I was like, might as well pile on. Yeah, like, well, at least let's get it off exactly. our chest here. Like, is there anything else? There's no need in extending it. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I guess, like, you know, it's only when I'm in charge that people get hurt is the moral of the right. story. <laughs> um, yep. And today you're in charge, so. No, but I feel like honestly, like everything that happens on set that that could be a horror story, like, yep. in, is like actually like mundane in most cases. Oh, for it's sure. Like, it's and like, they end up just uh, being funny things. That to laugh person about. got laid, or like that thing doesn't work, yep. or like you know the the weather was bad, so we couldn't do this thing. Is usually how it goes down. Yeah. Or it's like it, there's nothing really. And then it just, like, honestly, then it just comes down to being a talented filmmaker where you just have to find creative solutions to the problems presented. And if you can't do that, then honestly, you should read the script more because there's yeah. something in there that you can always find a way to well, connect with. One thing I, yeah. I think is funny that you just brought up is like people will ask me what I majored in and I'll say film and they'll be like, oh, what do you do? I was like, it's basically like majoring in problem solving because all that you really do is when you're shooting something is try and figure out how to fix the issues that arise yeah like i'm really good at planning things i never do exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah and logically just solving shit like i mean if you're on set and you have this extreme lighting setup plan that you plan you've been planning for months and then you get there and something doesn't work i mean Im you immediately have to come up with a solution that will be either as good or hopefully better most definitely i feel like now that i work and I want to say mostly professional. Professional, settings. it's different. Um, pretty much like what you plan is what you get. Yeah. Um, to the most part, like there is like this beauty of being able to improvise, mm -hmm. but ultimately, what I'm finding is that like planning is so essential on a professional level because there's so many pieces happening that you have to be able to execute, and you have to be able to execute quickly. Yeah. Um, so you'd only have time to like, you know, think of like half baked lighting setups and right, then to course. implement them and realize that they're just like not going to work in any capacity you have to really know what you're going for to every level like any like you're you know as strong as the weakest link is really like the best way to put it like yep. one person Period. throws you down and and you know you know if you have like a 
like a novice or just like bad electrician, yeah, they're gonna slow down the lighting team, yeah, by true. so much time that it's gonna it's gonna like sink on the whole production. So it really is important to make sure that you're like, you know, plugging all your leaks and, and yep. picking up, you know, the slack wherever you can. So it's really just like. Yeah, of course. It's you know. a t- I mean, it's the most collaborative thing I've ever seen or been a part of. Yeah, like you can yell at somebody, but like make sure that like they're rolling cameras first and then like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's like a pep talk less than I don't right. want to say like yell at people, but it should be like, hey man, like how can I help you do this better? Because like we're lagging behind and we need to get construction. So it's constructive like, criticism. Most definitely. But also like, you know, it's a team effort. Yeah. I think that. I think just basic yeah. team building. If Absolutely. you don't have that skill. There's like leader, leadership at every part of the process. Period. Like it's not even like oh, bad. only the like department heads need to be good right. leaders. It's like everybody right. should be imbuing some aspect of leadership qualities. Yeah, because like there's people that you have to communicate with that are not even like in your in your scope oh, yeah. of like what you're trying to accomplish. Right. And like being able to, you know, you know, approach them as somebody who like has Absolutely. their stuff under control. Like be your own right. leader. Be your, you know your own boss. And yeah. like at the end of the day, like. You know, I, I, I hate like the term, like, it's not my department. It's like, oh, it's the worst. It's I like, mean, although, except for union issues where you like literally aren't allowed to do something. Yes, I learned about grievances, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Um, mm. Working in the union space. But, yep. That's like more about like healthy working conditions right, rather than yeah, like yeah. it being like, ah, like, not my problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I remember my first like professional commercial shoot. I, you know, we were trying to make a move and I was like, oh, let me just grab a C-stand because like, that's what you do to like help people. And someone was like, whoa, do not touch that. And I was like, oh, it's cool. I'm just gonna, I'll just put it in the truck. They're like, no, you will not. And then the producer had to come like grab me and be like, you can't do that. And I was like, all right, well, it seems weird that I can't help, but hey, you know. Yeah, it's like, it's kind of counterintuitive, I think, in a way. But also like at the same point in time, like I've wrapped like, so many stingers yeah if, if you counted it up you could probably like go all the way across eurasia yeah like, it's like so many stingers <laughs> yeah but um yeah. like eurasia. when somebody hands <laughs> yes count it uh, <laughs> if so you funny. uh like if when somebody like tries to do you the favor of wrapping a stinger yeah it's like somebody just making what? you like a bad cake it's just like mm. oh thank you like i'm gonna put this in the freezer until you right. leave and then it's going in the trash. Yeah. And it's, then I'm going to rebake this cake. Yeah. And well, it's it like, neater. not even, it's like, I will just not eat this cake. I, well, make yeah, my own I cake. wouldn't eat the cake. But yeah, like, uh, it's just like a if thing where it's like, cake. as much as it's like pleasant to be like, oh, there's people helping us. It's like, like the issue isn't that like people are being unhelpful. It's yeah. that like the production hasn't hired enough people to do this job. As right. Right. They need it to. Yep. And I think that's like always a shorthanded corner. They're like, always oh, we'll have the PAs help you on yeah. non-union <laughs> stuff. And it's like, yeah, but like that person's not like trained in all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, like that person yep. can like know how a muscle cart works or they can like know how to push something onto a gate and like yeah. bring right. it up. They work with gates too. Like mm-hmm. that's helpful. But at the end of the day, when you're like, Hey, like, pack these specifically section things together right the way they're supposed to they're like i I don't work with this equipment i don't know how that works and like that's where the value of a trained professional comes in of course and that's why unions exist yeah among (laughs) kind of yeah yeah, of course yeah also to just uh to just protest endlessly yeah yeah of course to have to carry signs and wear numbers yeah Mm. and use markers keep the marker industry only going for the union 
for the t-shirt. Let's be real. <laughs> Same with you. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> just moans. And should be like your, no opinion. Your input for the next like <laughs> rest of it should just be like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually you. Well, actually, Every episode. <laughs> we're gonna play another game. Um, cool. So you're gonna have to play a game. Great. Um, so last time we talked about Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, Upgrade is available on HBO, which is Leigh Wendell who made. Uh, Invisible Man's other right. movie. Just I think throwing that out oh, there. Are they sponsoring this? Uh, yeah, he's our sponsor. Oh, um, sick! So n- wow, four no. episodes in, we have a sponsor. <laughs> We've got a sponsor. We're blowing up. Um, yeah, can I find a permanent this role in this payroll? Are you kidding me? I'm not actually. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Divine is present, but <laughs> far. Um, all right, so. We talked about Invisible Man, which uh-huh. had a budget of. Oh, it, is four, yeah, definitely. it had a budget of nine, nine million. million. Yeah. So, um, and we talked about that, and a couple of people um, that I've spoken to that listened to the episode were asking questions like they were surprised that nine million was a really small budget. So, I wanted to play a game um, where I'll name a movie, you guys guess the budget, and then I'll tell you what it actually is. Cool. Um, don't be afraid to be far off, but try and get as close as obviously as you can. So, we're gonna so. start. We're gonna start big go with avatar not oh. the last airbender not the m night movie but the james cameron avatar. what was the second one you said not the last airbender not the what well m night Shyamalan. Did, oh yeah. yeah oh you said the same thing okay, yeah, same yeah. Thing. i was like wait <laughs> no, no there's no. two i don't no. remember one of those okay yeah sorry <laughs> so it's, so, it's so bad it needs to be mentioned twice <laughs> it has to be mentioned double time Ooh. so <laughs> there it is <laughs> um, all right let's get a guess okay um whoever wants to go first just spit it out you may go avatar i'm gonna say it was 300 million dollars i'm going to say half of that 150 150 million dollars, yeah. it was 237 mil so it's, you were close is this price is right rule that's what i was just about to say how are we doing it's this it's gonna be one dollar bob every time right no we'll just go closer um either yeah we're not doing the sweet yeah so that jack's jack got that one um next one uh another movie we just recently talked about now on netflix space jam oh um it's like 20 million dollars for space jam i'm going to say let's hear it i actually know the budget but i don't remember it um, <laughs> how is that knowing it well i know, well, cause we I know about it everything last week and i saw it <laughs> i saw it online uh Oh, did you? Yeah, like last week when we were talking about Just it. Just spit it out. saw it recently. Um, Let's hear what your guess is. I want to say 48 million. 48? It's mm-hmm. 80. Yeah. 80 Which I was surprised dollars? by, No, because I remember it's, it was a big budgeted movie. Because the majority of it is CGI. Right. Well, I was yeah. going to say, so 79 million went to Michael Jordan. And then yeah. $20 went to Wayne Knight. And then... How the, much went to Bill Murray? Uh, he did it for free, just in the hopes that it would spark his. He just do it basketball. for lunch that day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was, He did it just in hopes that it would spark his NBA career. Yeah, he did just it? heard there was lasagna for lunch, did and he's like, "Oh shit, I'm there. I'm down." He yeah. was like shooting something else on the lot. He's just like, "He's like, oh shit, yeah. Like, what do you guys have? They have this bullshit over here." There's actually this one funny line where Bill Murray walks in, and uh, I think it's Daffy that's like, "Who invited Dan Aykroyd?" And it's just like that's classic. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. I thought it was good. Well, Bill Murray is just Dan Aykroyd with a better hairline, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. it was. I think yeah, he's yeah. lost. Oh, it. well, you know, at it's the right. time, <laughs> yeah, for back the kids then. listening. <laughs> um, all right, I am Legend. This is a movie that I've seen hell memes about right now. I am Legend. I'm gonna say was. I'm gonna say thirty. Oh, I was gonna say forty. 
the, sounds about right. The yeah. budget for I'm Legend was one hundred and eighty-eight million dollars. I just, so, I just don't understand. I don't get where all that money goes. Crafty I mean, and food. To well, be fair, I haven't seen I Am Legend. A lot of. Oh, really? I have not seen I Am Legend. Well, that's Legend. fair. I mean, it's. I enjoy that movie for yeah. sure. Um, Definitely, the actors got paid the majority of that. Yeah. I thought it was like the book of Eli before the book of Eli with a dog. That's just from how it looks. Just from the. Just, I mean, just from it being like an apocalyptic movie. Yeah. Which is like Will Smith. But the with dog, dog, man. That's, see, like. That's what everybody says, like, the dog. Sad, I'm like, bro. I'm like, I just don't understand. Like, you I've never wa- seen the movies. I don't yeah, know what yeah. happens to this dog. If you watch it, it dies. It's like um, watching John Wick or talking about it without it. Um, all right, so Jack, I think, got that one, too. Oh, yeah, Jack's definitely dominating this game. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, like, that was, like, nobody won that. No one Jack's won. Jack's definitely dominating this game. Yes. Um, so I'm the winner. now we're going to go to the opposite. Um, <laughs> wait, we've got we've got more coming. You still have your chance to redeem yourself, The Divine. comeback is real, Divine. Um, <laughs> so we're going to go, we're gonna go to the other you end of this. can't see it, but I'm doing the John Cena. You can't you see it. You don't want to see of yours. <laughs> um, Kidding. This king's a king. Blair Witch Project. Boy, I don't know. Oh, uh, $120,000. Um, $75,000. Million dollars, million dollars. $75 million, $75 million. <laughs> $75 million? No, no, no. I'm trying to be... Well, that's my guess. All I right. can't take it back. It's 60000 Ew. Really? It's That is known as for being like the low, the low, low budget. I never right? paid attention. I feel like... Yeah, probably like one of the biggest, you know, blow up... Until no money. What do you think the budget for Paranormal Activity was? Oh, that was definitely very, very low. Uh, like I'm at, gonna say thirty grand. I'm gonna say forty. Say half of forty-five. It was forty-five. Forty-five. Fifteen. Mm, that makes sense. Fifteen Damn, freaking k. A quarter man. of what they spent on Blair Witch. I forgot all about yeah. Paranormal Activity. A quarter of what they spent on Blair Witch, and compared to Avatar, it was one one billionth of the budget. I think is the correct math. And when you watch the movie. You can, you can see it. <laughs> yeah. You can see it. It's true. That's how I felt about paranormal activity. We- That's how I felt about paranormal activity. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Uh, what would you uh, guess for Step Brothers? Just a couple more. Because now I just wanted to do a couple, one comedy. It's like a high budget comedy. Right. I'd say probably about like fifty million, something like where the actors get paid a lot of money, yeah. and they do a lot of exteriors, so they probably light them. But they like, damage a bunch of shit. Yeah, but like <laughs> it's probably like not that high of an expense. Yeah, so fifty. Fifty. What do you think? I'm gonna say twenty. Twenty million. Sixty-five, man. I'm You're close. Bad at this game. It's <laughs> it's okay. Um. All right. Last one. The new James Bond movie. No oh, time to die. Oh. Um. That's definitely a lot. Uh, I'd say two hundred thirty million. I was about to say three hundred and fifty. Almost like a quarter billion. Three fifty. Yeah. It's a 230, lot. Two fifty. It was yeah. two hundred fifty million. Got the majority of that budget as his paycheck. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. I for, wonder for how sure. much, man. That's crazy. I want to say a quarter. Are you serious? I'm not kidding. That's insane. they gave him a lot of money to do this. It's his last film. They yeah. gave him a lot of money to do it. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, the other funny thing is like it legit could just be Daniel Craig's last film on that amount of money. Right. Like, you oh. just do it for fun after. Right. This. Yeah. For exactly. real. You could just. Daniel Radcliffe it and just go do cool shit. Love you, DC. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, cool. So uh, do you guys want to know who won that? Oh, what? what? I feel like it was <laughs> kind of <laughs> neck and neck. It was neck and neck. It yeah. was... Where? Uh, 
Where? What? Which neck? Uh, it was six one. It's okay. That was no. I mean, I would. Him. I would hope he would win you this. Would, this, is the, this is this is his realm. If I demolish him, I'd be shook. <laughs> I'm like the only like DP who also does budgeting. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> um. So we talk. We've been talking a lot about coronavirus each week. Sick. Um. But of course, <laughs> Can I go to the bathroom now. <laughs> as Please. as we have to. Um. I feel like, but uh. There have now been like wow. 31 movies that have been pushed either in pre-production, post-production, um, in in any stage really. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I just wanted to talk about a few of them because a few of them honestly sound really exciting. Did you? Uh, one of them I didn't know about until today was the Home Alone reboot. Yeah, was in pre-production. Um, and is it still starring Macaulay Culkin? It's not as a 12 year old. Did because- you see Jojo Rabbit? I did. That first of all, that would be that it should be Macaulay Culkin as a child. That would be good. Yeah, like that's the better version, right? That is, should, they should just start over. Now I'm upset that sure. I'm even gonna tell you who it really is because that's <laughs> screaming. Because <screaming. laughs> that's so much better. Um it's uh Archie Yates is gonna be the main mm. kid who was the Jojo um, Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit's yeah. like his best friend, the kid with the black hair, um, who was like, It's really not a good time to be a Nazi right now, you know. Yeah. Um, when is it ever? When is it ever? Definitely not for that kid at that point, though. Is, yeah. Um, so that one got pushed. That was only in pre-production. Um, the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids um, with Rick Moranis, who is coming out of oh, retirement. What is he shrinking this time? It's just called Shrunk. So oh, that makes sense. Himself? I, I, so he shrunk himself once, though. Because it was like, Honey, I Shrunk Ourselves. Isn't that one of them? Mm-hmm. I think it is. I don't I'd know, believe man. it. I can't keep up. <laughs> But I believe it. <laughs> that got postponed. Um, obviously, the Elvis movie is yeah. getting postponed because Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson have Corona. Yeah. Um, man, Wait, is Tom Hanks playing Elvis? Is that what's happening? He's playing the manager. The manager. Tom, Elvis is Wait, manager. Who's playing Elvis? Oh, what's his name? Austin. Uh, no, I don't think it's Austin Butler. Actually, actually, uh, is it like Oscar Isaac? It's someone who no, it's seven Oscar Isaac. <laughs> Austin it's, Butler. Yeah, Austin Butler. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, it was um. Who, who is Austin Butler? He sorry, was Tex in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He was in a lot Tex of like Watson. Disney Channel or Glee stuff. No, Disney Channel. Disney Channel stuff. Was he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Is he in Glee? He was like, I, like I, I could be wrong. You really might want to fact check, fact check this. He I'm was uh, Vanessa Hudgens' longtime partner. He was in Wizards wow. of Waverly Place. Okay, yeah. Oh, I know exactly who you're talking You know who about. I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, as soon as I'm like, who looks like Yeah, to narrow down to one show. Yeah, that's literally who it was. That was him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's like they Taylor just broke Thomas. up like a couple months ago. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, he was he was planned to be. Um, I mean, he still is. He just got to wait till Tom Hanks. Yeah. Um, um, hope he's excited for jumpsuits. <laughs> I bet. I bet he was. Um, Who wouldn't be? Then uh, Mulan, Mission Impossible Seven, um, Fast, and Furious. Fast and Furious got pushed a whole year, yeah. which is crazy. The New Mutants yeah. got pushed for I think it's its third time, mm-hmm. um, but which this is the first time that it was actually supposed to be pushed compared to the other two, right? Where yeah. people weren't ready. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what were the reasoning between? The, I mean, the, the other two were just uh, they really they really want to debut this film in a window of time where it's not competing with any other big tent poles. Uh, okay. It's one of those situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the first time where it's like pushed back because it has to. Gotcha. The other time where there was monitoring to avoid competition. Correct. Yeah. yeah so. Interesting. Cause Mulan, for example, was supposed to come out last 
um, November, I think. Yeah. But Frozen 2 was coming out. Which well, is on Disney+. Plus. And Mulan so, just got pushed. Hey. Right. It's all hey. got pushed to late 2020 for Mulan. Shout out to Disney Plus. Have lots of friends there. Shout out to D Plus. Uh, <laughs> oh, I like your stuff going. Yeah, cheers. I think it has a Tabasco. Nice. I like bottles said, yeah, and cheers. <laughs> cheers is like, by the way, it's like, it's definitely my favorite word because it, it does everything you want to in a social, a social situation where yeah. you're just like, I don't want to talk about anything anymore. You're like, cheers. And then you just leave. And, and then it's cool. Out. And everyone's like, he said, cheers. He can leave. <laughs> it's cool, man. Or you can also be like, he's clearly you know, very chill. Cheers. Like, and everyone's like, yeah, cheers. It's a celebration, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So or you'd be like, it's like, it's better Miles. than just being like, yeah, thanks. Cause thanks is like, so like, I feel like, yeah, thanks has like found its like way in like our, our verbal kind of like, you know, uh, swimming mm-hmm. pool as being like something where it's like kind of just like a, a very timid splash. Well, it feels more like a, yes, I know. I like, don't know what he just said, viewers. I totally agree with you. But I support Jack in all of his endeavors. You should use cheers, especially if you're not British, because yeah. it's just way better. Oh, well, I was going to say my Period. Australian friend, people would be like, hey, man, nice to meet you. He'd be like, ah, oh, cheers. And I would just be like, dude, here, like people, when they hear that, they just are like, oh, so it's nice to meet you, but you're not going to tell me it's nice to meet me. Just because, you know, we, we think like that in the States. But I don't know. That's just what I told him at least. Yeah. Well, I just, I just sometimes I'm like, I'm like, like, oh no, <laughs> is this the way I've been coming up the whole time? Uh, no, but I feel like cheers is a great word. It's like, yeah, it uh, is a great word. It's like how you can appreciate a compliment, but also not have to give them a compliment. Right. Or, you know, that, something not that like divine doesn't deserve compliments. I hope the divine is complimented oh, endlessly King. every day. Me complimenting your socks yeah. is a compliment in of itself because I gave a compliment. Yes, exactly. So like, divine knows what good socks. Oh, like. period. Yeah, so that's like all he needs to know about himself. Period. Yeah. Don't disrespect Jack. Okay. You hear me, guys? Cheers. <laughs> and I'm leaving on that note. <laughs> um, just the last thing um, of the movies that got pushed. Did you have one that you were like most bummed about that you wanted to see the most? Do you want to go? No, I don't think so. <laughs> None of them. Because I, I like I was weirdly excited for the Lovebirds that movie mm. with um, Kumail mm. and uh, Issa Rae. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I was excited for that. I thought it looked just like funny. I haven't seen a comedy that looked like entertaining for a long time. Really? I don't know. Maybe at least like where I've watched the trailer and I've been like, I want to see that. That looks really funny. To be honest, from like February to like August, there's usually only like one or two movies that I get excited about. Yeah. They're modernly coming out. Mm. What um, are there any that you're excited for right now? No, I'm really bad about keeping up with, with like, what's coming out. Honestly, like, I have been watching a lot of old shit recently. So I've been like, of course, being told like, have you heard of this director who did this thing? And I'm like, no. And somebody's like, oh my God, you got to watch like all the things that they did. I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, now you have the time, man. I what? do. I've, I've had the, the self quarantine time. Exactly. So like, uh, I just watched a movie today called Harakiri by a Japanese director named, I think Kobayashi, mm. but uh, it's from like the 1960s mm-hmm. and it's really dope. Nice. It's really dope. I, I highly dope, recommend dope. people check it out. But one of my Sweet. favorite like more modern kind of martial arts movies is called Hero. Mm-hmm. It's uh, shot by a guy named Christopher Doyle. It's really good. It's a great movie. It stars Jet Li. Um, Always If you great. needed like more reason to watch it. Um, but I was like watching it. I was like, holy shit. Like this is where like some of this stuff is pulled from. Like yep. this is the movie that defined kind of like how this movie could exist. Mm. That's pretty cool. So I thought that was like a really cool thing to pick up. And it's like, oh, like a movie I really like. You know, those filmmakers probably watched this and right. really got inspiration it. from it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but it's cool. It's like, it's uh, a friend of mine wanted me to see it 
uh, a guy who works in lighting and he was mm-hmm. like, he's like, you just kind of like watch this lighting with me. And it's like, you watch it and like, in like the most technical facets of it, you're like, how do they like do this with hide these shadows? And it's like, is it a lot of intentionality involved yeah. in it? Yeah. And like when you're looking at it, stuff like that, it's like, like the little differences make the most sense. Right. Yeah. People don't really make movies like that anymore. So it's really cool to see oh. yeah. like, the little tricks and, and things that happen there. It's mm. like, it's everything is simple from like when you're in a studio mm. and it's the same location and you're trying to def- like discern a time mm. of day and you just slowly move a light over the course of shooting scenes. Yeah. It's like, interesting. It, gives you a lot like the sun's passing but yeah just, but it's like a subconscious not, thing like yeah, you pick yeah. up on it yeah. it's casually mentioned in dialogue oh, okay, but yeah, like actually sure. implementing it is like a whole other thing so when Ooh. you see it happen it's like cool to see yeah that is cool that you know they're they're crafting a whole world they're not yeah. just crafting you know a performance right yeah it's cool to see are you guys watching any tv right now hunters hunters, hunters. that's hunters. on hunters. amazon right? on amazon prime once it gets Austin, i'll be watching that nice have to yeah i i need to watch that i just watched um i started Lil dicky's show dave, dave that's on yeah, Hulu. how is dave it's freaking hilarious dude this is it's life. actually so funny no, literally, this it's is jackson's life. life oh my god <laughs> <laughs> um it's, it's i have really, no context with shows about it. i just seen the billboards where he's like coming out of like tidy whitey the underwear it's yeah Little that's Dickie's it. life as a tv show like in terms of in his head how oh, he, yeah how he perceived his own up like bringing in terms of as a celebrity as a musician or as a rapper um and everything like that him but it's mm. it's really funny but like, it's hilarious yeah i mean little uh, did you a watch funny person. he's so yeah, funny he's a funny person at his heart like at his core yeah and so a lot of people not saying you are but a lot of people are like surprised by it and i'm like well i never really followed little dicky like that but if you see like his videos on YouTube, oh yeah, I mean I've been like I've liked his music videos just, like forever. He's it, he's always been that way. <laughs> that's where that's and as he talks about in the show, it's where he started. That's with, exactly like, funny YouTube, right? Shit. Yeah, and it's true. And I yeah, it was funny. I was just showing um you know some people hadn't seen the music videos and I've been sending it mm. to them and I'm like if you like the show you gotta see these. No, exactly. And it's actually the same. His girlfriend in the show is also the girl that he's with in the pillow talking video mm-hmm. can't remember taylor something is her name Ki- kitchen or something is that the one with the brain yeah with the oh, brain okay. exactly yeah. so the same girl that's in that who okay. um is really funny King, is- you know what's up <laughs> that's that's all i know mm. that's a good one jack's a secret fan yeah um, yeah Jack's like, that's Stan. all I know, but except for all the lyrics of every Lil Dicky song. I was ever. in the Freaky Friday. I was a runner up. <laughs> the only, like, honestly, got turned on to Lil Dicky because he did some song where he rapped on the beat from Games Holy Water. And I was like, oh, was nice. Like, Damn. Yeah, his beats are sick, dude. And it's funny because in the show, like, he's good friends with this guy that works at a studio. And um, so they go through the process of him like picking a beat and it's everything in that show. I think it's just so funny. Like the way that he does it. Um, it's interesting. Are you watching anything, any TV right now? Um, no, nothing. No, Mm -mm. I'm going to start hunters tomorrow, but nice on TV right now. No, nothing that the crowd could relate to. Uh, what's that? I'm really curious to see what you think about hunters. Why do you say that? Well, because I've only really heard. Are you like, trying to fight me right now? I've only really I'm heard kidding. my roommate's opinion on it. Really? Yeah. How's so he doing? He's doing. Hey, very man. Well. <laughs> <laughs> he's been quarantined with me. Good. Uh, Good for him. Eating food and and drinking Watching beers and, and, and watching dog. shit, nice. reading stuff. 
Our dog is good. Johnny's, Johnny's I'm really just yeah. outing yeah, Jack's yeah. life. I'm so yeah. sorry. I didn't even realize that. It's all good, man. Uh, if, if, you, uh, if you message into whatever this is posted on <laughs> yeah. and you ask for pictures of Johnny, you, you will receive. Yeah. Very we'll adorable dog. Yeah. Very adorable 100%. Pub. I love that. I love that. Um, um, but I'm pumped to see Hunters. And the way you explained it earlier tonight, too, uh, I really – I feel like I've – really been into amazon shows lately so i'm pumped to see their originals and their slates what yeah, uh, pretty good. give mm-hmm. the breakdown i guess of hunters like without you know spoilies or anything just like give us a log line five words yeah yeah i'm counting um one world two well, i'm not gonna do five <laughs> words world <laughs> war ii isn't over uh, yeah and it's still taking place in the u.s in the 1970s Interesting. And, so is it yeah. like, wasn't that what Man in High Castle? Isn't that what that was about? I never watched that. I thought it was modern. There's a lot of it like, is mo- shows. Actually, you're right. Yeah, yeah. They're like they're like, World War II went this way. What if the Ger- like, okay, so that yeah. one was what if the Germans won, actually, right. not what if it was still going. Right. And this yeah. one's okay. more like, um, like, it's more like espionage between okay. a cell of Nazis and Ooh. a cell of Jews who live in, I think it's, mainly the tri-state area right nice but if there's like a a group of of jews who are trying to hunt down the existing nazis in the u.s yeah. and kill them okay and but like kill them in a specific way where they like they give them trial and then like oh, murder, not inglorious bastards find the nazis and skin their heads no oh. it's like oh you were the chemist who invented the gas mm. that for the gas chambers like we're gonna gas you oh you know nice. you get your own you know due yeah, diligence. yeah. Um, an eye for an eye yeah effective <laughs> i think they actually mentioned like you know the old like that was a, the oldest code of law yeah i think there's the jewish people had to abide by don't hammurabi's cl- yeah. code because babylon yeah yeah right? words um yeah i uh have you guys seen Ooh. Devs? It's a one of the a Hulu original um, by Alex Garland, the guy that did Ex Machina mm-hmm. and Annihilation, um, with uh, Hello. Ron Swanson. Sorry, um, that's sick. Yeah, uh, and uh, <laughs> it's I I was like really hoping for it to be something really good, but the uh-huh. acting in it honestly is just kind of a letdown. And that's a bummer. They yeah, kind of tell you a lot that happens early on, and so Whoa. I was like hoping for more, but then. Um, I'm hoping that there's like twists or something, I guess, but they make it seem like they've just already told you everything. So it's kind of a weird story. Wasn't this is a side note? No, please. It wasn't Alex Garland a writer for some other really big director for a long time. Like he, wrote, I feel like he wrote. He might have been. Yeah. I mean, he wrote and directed. Well, Annihilation was based on a book, but he did write. What did and, he do before Ex Machina? I feel like he did something else before Ex Machina. He wrote The Beach, the book. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, he wrote the beach, which, which is the, uh, Danny is the, the Danny Boyle movie DiCaprio. Yeah, yeah. He like he was Boyle. like a he was like a, a like a actual novelist. Yeah, he wrote the novel. Yeah. Pretty sick. Um, which yeah, I mean that's dope. I um weird weird <laughs> weird fact about the beach. You're in the cash cab. <laughs> weird fact oh about God. the beach. Weird fact about the beach. Um, I was in uh. I was in Thailand and they had like the beach where they filmed that. And so many people went there and destroyed it by like taking pictures and stealing things from it mm. that it's now like closed off from people being able to go to where they filmed that movie for like a hundred years or something. Well, people are the worst, the worst, yeah. the absolute worst. Um, but it's, like, it's so funny. It's like a movie. Yeah. 
like a set of them. I know it's weird, and it's just like a really nice little alcove of beach. But there's like literally hundreds of them within that area, and people just can no longer go there. And it was really nice for snorkeling, kayaking, and then people destroyed the reef. They destroyed the sand. It was yeah, it's messed up. But that's what people do, you know. They destroy things. That's how it works. That's what we do. Yeah. We're and on that on that note, people. yeah. On that note, um, thank you so much for coming in and talking with us, being King. on this episode. Yeah. Thanks, it a, brother. It was a pleasure. I hope I, I ruined everybody's hour. Yeah, to yeah. Listen to this. I hope so. Too. I hope they know nothing more about cinematography other than that we're all bitter about <laughs> everybody who watches movies. There you go. Press the uh, space bar. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you for listening to episode four, um, and uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Peace. Thank you.